initiating startup sequence. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Um, today you're with um, Evie and Rob and Christian. Um, Hello everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my name's Evie. Uh, my pronouns are she, hers, or they, theirs. I'm trans feminine and I'm bisexual. Awesome. Um, my name is Rob. I am 23 years old. I go by he, him, his pronouns and identify as queer. My name is Christian. I am 23 years old now. Haven't been for long. Um, <laughs> I'm new to this. Uh, um, gay. This is a gay week. Uh, and he, him pronouns. So, we've got a pretty exciting show coming up for you today. This is technically our season one finale. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering uh, how long the season break will be, there's no season break. <laughs> we'll be back on yeah, we'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, but from an admin behind the scenes perspective, this is very exciting for us. Um, we made it. Yes. Uh, so we'll be talking about a few things. We'll be talking about um, a semi-new initiative from Canada called uh, Queering the Map, which is like a queer version of Google Maps, basically. Um, what else do we have on the show today? Uh, we've also got, um, for our second segment, we're going to talk about a queer sex ed. What to do, what not to do, and, you know, precautions you can take and just educating people on uh, maintaining good sexual health and sexual health practice. Yeah, and a lot of itself kind of touched on throughout the season. And, yeah, it's a really good way to kind of wrap things up. Totally. And talk about what we might have had trouble learning, yeah. at least in my case. Absolutely. Same. Stuff that was very... <laughs> um, yeah, seemed like the great unknown for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, our th- yeah, our third segment's going to be um, just our, like a classic froth or not, something we've um, frothed this week, something we haven't frothed this week. And yeah, and then we'll be saying our goodbyes. Yeah, excellent. Um, but yeah, we're starting the show with uh, the th- our first track we've ever played, which wasn't by a queer artist as such, but which is... Yeah, iconic to a lot of queer communities. Um, as, yeah, this was uh, Lisa's, like, big thing <laughs> yeah, for the end of season show. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Get, get Out of My Way by Kylie Minogue. Hey, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Uh, my name is Eve, and we just heard uh, Get Out of My Way by Kylie Minogue. And... Yeah. Um. Yes. Um, so now we're going to talk about queering the map, which is something uh, I believe it's a relatively new uh, sort of initiative. Um, which I well, yeah, it is news. Yes, April the fourteenth was when this was sort of launched, I suppose, um, or when like this particular article I read on uh, Vice came out. Um, so it's an initiative by a twenty-two-year-old Lucas. La Rochelle from Montreal, which you can probably hear from the name La Rochelle. Um, so it's <laughs> face, yeah, it is, it is like a queer version of Google Maps. Um, what does that mean exactly? Well, it's, it's not just, yeah, it's, 
Um, it's it, it's not like I don't know, like Google Maps that only shows you like queer bars or, <laughs> or it's, it's only got queer people's houses on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if nobody lives in this street that's queer, it's not on the map. <laughs> um it's a very specific type it's um it's it's like an it's an art project, an online art project. Um started just slightly over a year ago apparently. Um but I think it's it's recently sort of really like taken off. Like when it first started out, um, the engagement with it was in the hundreds. Now it's in the thousands. So the idea is that uh, people pick a point um, on the map, like yeah, anywhere in the world, um, pin it, and uh, write um, a queer story there. It's that's deliberately like vague and broad. So I think the kinds of stories that they've had there, it's it's a lot of kind of like. Um, so like first kiss type stories like sort of first love or even just like it doesn't even have to be you know, like physical expressions of love it, it's even um, it, you know it's some some of the stories are just like the, the steamiest it gets is the p- two people talk mm. um, it's you know more like kind of uh, yeah it's, it's like emotional connection it's, it's like a conversation it's um, I, I haven't had a chance to look at like every single story there myself because I imagine there's heaps um, and it's global, uh, but you know, I, I imagine it'd also be like coming out stories on there. There'd yeah. be, yeah. Um, c- critically though, uh, because yeah, it has been around for like over a year. Um, so, well, yeah. Um, I don't know how much you two know about it, um, Robin. You, but what, like, if you're new to the idea of it, like, how does it sound to you? Well, I've actually, I actually have heard about this um, hmm. initiative because somebody that I follow on in- Instagram, hmm. um, her name is Tilly Lawless. Um, she posted something uh, a couple months ago about like this project, and um, she had written a story. Um, she's based in Sydney. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I thought it was a really amazing. Um, um, initiative. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I'd, I'd never heard of anything like that before. And, um, like, it really got me thinking about places um, that, I've, that I've shared with, um, with a significant other. Um, yeah, and it was like, I don't know, it was a very poignant and I think it's a very, very interesting kind of interactive artwork because, um, like, a lot of artworks don't allow for the audience's subjectivity, I feel, like... But this one incorporates that and, you know, creates something beautiful. Yeah, it's also, like, one of the things I really got out of it was just, like, you know, spaces are important. That's something that we've spoken about on the show previously. And, you know, so much of our geography, like, within Australia, it's just, like, it's just shaped by the predominantly by whoever was you know colonizing that chunk of land in the 1800s and you got lots of streets named after you know dead white dudes mm. and you know lots of buildings where it's like all right that's the fourth building I've seen with Macquarie on it or the eighth building I've seen with Burke on it mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, and, like, because when I saw this, I had actually seen simul- similar initiatives using, like, the Google Maps kind of back-end framework. Mm-hmm. 
um, to tell a lot of like a lot of stories from a lot of marginalized groups where it's you know using Google Maps to show stories of you know to show the history of displacement of different indigenous peoples around the world or significant places in African American history or in you know a lot of different groups are you know kind of reclaiming you know geography almost where it's like yeah look here's how this is connected to my history and my past yeah and yeah that's something which it makes sense to you know just have you know something that represents the history of spaces for queer people and yeah and it's all very personal it's here's this place where I met my partner or here's this place where I had a really nice experience and felt really reassured and yeah yeah and that's that's really powerful yeah exactly and um this might be like a personal question but I'm going to ask everybody that's on air at the moment um what is a place that you would potentially write um something about on this um in this in, in, as part of this initiative is there a p- particular place that you feel strongly about that you could have a story to write about on there um i'm like thinking about it for me there's quite a few where i'm like yeah um specifically just a couple of like pubs coming to mind totally. where it's like <laughs> hey i had a experience here where I felt really gender affirmed before I'd even come out and knew what that meant. Yeah. Or I, you know, the places I've met my partners, I'm just like, most of those places have very strong, like, memories associated with them and, yeah, really positive experiences associated with them. Yeah. What about you, Christian? I'd probably put my primary school down, actually, come to think of it. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, so, so it's kind of so. Um, Weave when you were talking about like the bars, that kind of like experiences you have back there, of, you know, like in the past, and then now reflecting on it, you kind of describe it in a new vocabulary that you didn't even have at the time, um, or a new sort of you know, obviously understanding. So yeah, like something I probably would have like a uh, uh, something I would have called definitely just called like a friendship in primary school that now I would probably at least you know call like a primary school crush or like a mm-hmm. whereas yeah. back there that was like well no this is the boy so this is can't be you know crushes are for girls yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mateship is for boys yeah yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just oh just also wanted to quickly mention so yeah like it is it is great that it's interactive of course um but i guess like the uh, of course, like the reality with some um, interactive art is that you you do obviously need um, you know systems in place to to um, account for well in in the early days of um, of this map like of course there are a few quite a few trolls that came like obvious trolls mm. that came on yeah. um, so then I think it was taken down for for a little while um, fortunately it's been put back up but just simply with moderators now. Um, and also critically, uh, I think if you do open the map, like it always goes to Montreal first, no matter where you are in the world, and that's because it doesn't actually like track your ge- geolocation, um, which is sort of important. Uh, yeah, that, that was a very important um, decision made uh, by Lucas Larochelle because um, they really didn't want 
you know, like people's data to be collected, yeah. um, for it to for you know the, there to be a potential leak or for um, the p- the potential for you know like private information, like people's whereabouts, people's movements. Um, th- that that just obviously wasn't the point of it. Um, so yeah, it's I think well it has, it's been around for like slightly over a year now. Um, so you know obviously uh, yeah there's there's certain um, you know, like certain realities around it. So it's it's good that there's systems in place now, like the moderation, like the I think the lack of geo like tracking was there from the beginning. But um, you know, it's it's definitely like the kinks have been worked out, and it's a bit of a weird thing to say. <laughs> like the kinks have been worked out of the queer version <laughs> of Google Maps. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's safer still now. Yeah, like accessibility hmm. things about hmm. it, which it's, it's just a bit like hmm. yeah, like. Right now, hmm. this is probably, I'm not sure, I haven't checked, but it's probably hmm. only easily accessible to English and French speakers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, or it might be, you know, I don't know, it might be blocked in China. A lot of things are. It might be blocked in a lot of countries in the world. Like, Russia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it's one of those things where, hmm. you know, nothing like this is going to be perfect. Yeah. And... It could be made better, though, yeah. as and it goes efforts, on. But... Efforts to make things more accessible are always mm. going to be important, mm-hmm. and it sounds mm. like they are taking these steps. Like, having moderation is a very important thing to any like, online queer platform. space and online space. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that's a big amount of resources. It's still beautiful that it exists, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I think um, that wraps up that segment. And we're going to go into a song called Ancora Tu, by um, Rosanne Murphy. And we're back on Latin Queer Sin Nation. Uh, you're with Rob, Eve, and Christian. And that was 911 slash Mr. Lonely by Tyler the Creator. And this segment, we're going to talk about queer sex ed. So we're going to be talking about prep, pep, condoms, getting regular STI checks, and just general sexual health and how to maintain a good relationship with your sexual health. Yeah. So I guess, like, the most recent, I guess, medication um, in terms of um, HIV prevention is PrEP and PEP. So PrEP is kind of, not kind of, PrEP stands for um, pre-exposure prophylaxis, which means like obviously pre, pre-exposure and prophylaxis is um, in infection spreading. So the way that PrEP works is um, it's a medication that you take daily um, to reduce your risk of getting infected um, with HIV um, if you do come in contact um, with somebody and you have um, sex with somebody that may have that um, have the virus. And PEP is uh, post-exposure prophylaxis. Mm. So that needs to be taken pretty much 72 hours after you've had contact with um, sexual contact with somebody that um, may have the virus and you need to take it for a month um, in order to... Um, <coughs> I guess have the best chance of the infection not spreading. Mm. Um, and you can learn a lot about this stuff at um, the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic, which yep. is free and it's amazing. Yep. And um, I've been there plenty of times. Um, and the people there are just so lovely as well. <laughs> like they're just so, so sweet. And um, it's just a really good facility that I feel like a lot of people don't really know about. And like I didn't know about it until last year. Yeah, and um, like I feel like it's a very important thing that we need to talk about because it, it exists, it's free, and it is extremely beneficial to everybody. 
Yeah, and that's, like, I have only really learned a lot about prep recently because I, you know, just kind of learned, oh, a couple of people I'm friends with, like, take this, and, oh, cool, that's how it works. Looked into the mechanisms of it. There's also a lot of useful, like, really, really handy resources on it uh, available from BAC, the Victorian AIDS Council. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, like sexual health more broadly is something I definitely kind of had a very quick and sudden, oh, I've got to learn a lot about this. Um, like background, like I didn't, we had no sex ed at my high school, mm-hmm. very little at my primary school. What I'd received was exclusively about straight cis gendered people yeah. and That's I had no <laughs> idea like when I first like kind of came out as bi um, I pretty much just took it upon myself like oh I need to learn how all this works like what situations do I use a condom in? Yeah, totally. What, where, where, where can I get away with not using it? How does this work and starting HRT as well I've had to learn a lot um you know with the effects of like HRT's hormone replacement therapy so for me that's taking estrogen um and a testosterone blocker and so that interferes with your sperm production and you know, there's kind of mixed reports like, oh, does this make you infertile? Does it not? How long does it take? And there's a lot of misinformation about that. And that was something where I was like, oh, I need to learn about this. Uh, same goes for people starting testosterone. Like, yeah, it'll make you infertile eventually. But with testosterone, a lot of people can go off it. And, you know, then if they wish to have a child... Um, yeah, it's, that was another, like, level of just complexity that I've had to learn. Yeah. And, yeah, like, resources yeah. for for this kind of stuff can be very difficult to come by, especially, like, trustworthy ones. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's why I think, like, the Safe, um, the Safe Schools Initiative is so good because it's, like, promoting, um, uh, like, sex education um, that isn't heteronormative and isn't just um, completely skewed towards straight cis sex. Yeah, and it's also, <coughs> you know, a, as a part of a broader push for just better sex ed. Oh, totally. A lot of the sex ed I received was, um, this is a condom, let's put it on banana. Right, that's how condom works. We didn't even get that. Uh, we're not even going to teach you about anything to do with women's reproductive system because this is the room of the boys. You have penises because you're boys. Yeah. And it was all very gross and, you know, so sexist and generally... Yeah. Like, retrospectively, I'm just like, I'm very grateful for the fact that I grew up with parents who were just like, here's how a period works. Yeah. Because otherwise, I could definitely have gotten to... 18, 19, started dating people and still not understood. How does period work? Yeah. How does, yeah, how does this work for people who have vaginas? Yeah. So the thing is, like, at my school, I didn't even get sex ed. 
Yeah. I, I, okay, I, I, I went to a very Catholic all-boys school. Yeah. And we, we weren't taught about sex ed at all. Yeah, my like, high school was like that. I didn't get sex ed. Yeah. My primary school was actually, you know, considering it was 2005, probably pretty on the ball for the time. Yeah. Like, everything that I learned about sex was um, when, I, when I did biology in high school. Like, I learned mm. everything that way, but it wasn't even um, informative. It was, it was informative, but it was very scientific and very, like, oh, this is what happens, like, day one, day five, day seven. Like, Here is that kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's, like, stuff like that. And, like, you don't actually... Actually, my school did teach us about how to... Um, have intercourse with a woman, obviously, um, because it was Catholic, um, and not use protection, but be able to tell when a woman was ovulating by... Yes, because that method works brilliantly. right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really effective method when it's not used in conjunction with any other birth control. Yeah, like, they couldn't teach us about condoms because it was so against, like, the Catholic Church's, um, like, core beliefs. Yeah. And, like, it's just... Ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> the closest I got in high school to sex ed was doing religion and society in year 11. Um, I wrote a piece in response to the Catholic Church's, church's stance on HIV in sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. um, where pretty much every other aid organisation in South, sub-Saharan Africa is just like, is condoms. Here's how condoms work. These prevent the spread of HIV and AIDS. Here's the mechanism for it. Yeah. And they're just out there like, no, you've got to be abstinent. Yeah. Abstinence is the only way. Yeah. And yeah, like I took a class where it was kind of like refreshingly encouraged to you know, be critical of stuff and you know, challenge like, all right, so here's why this is the Catholic Church's stance from a theological perspective, but also what counter-arguments can you make to that that are also from a theological perspective? Yeah. But even then, that was an optional class. Yeah. That was something, and that was an optional topic. That was just a topic I chose because it was something that interested me. Yeah. And um, I think sexual health and, like, just getting tested regularly is such an important thing. Like, I have a lot of straight friends, and... I've had this conversation with him a lot and I have a friend who's never ever been tested. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, you've had like, I don't even want to know how many sexual partners (laughs) you've had. The thing is like, you owe it to, you owe it to these people to disclose that information and like, make sure that you don't, like you don't have anything that you could pass on. Um, yeah. Because like your sexual health is your responsibility; it's nobody else's responsibility. Like, yeah. I get tested every three months or after every sexual partner. Yes, like it's a bit of a chore, and my doctor's sick of me. But <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so important, you know. Yeah, that's something like I've been very on top of. Like I was actually very fortunate with um, just the doctor I went to growing up when you know when I. Pretty much, I, th- I think he asked me at 15 or 16, just like, oh, have you had sex yet? And just kind of the fact that he was willing to broach that was just like, you know, you should have a STI check and sexual health check. Mm-hmm. Even from that point, um, definitely made it much more approachable to me because it was, oh, I can come to you anytime and you'll give me the check and I can just go do it, bring it back, get my results. Yeah. No, I'm clean. Yeah. Go from there. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's... And, yeah, it is a very important thing. Also, if you... Like, even if you feel like, oh, I've been staying on top of this, I've had all of my checks, if you have anything that you think might be a symptom, it's important to go get that checked out. Totally. Because sometimes things don't show up in tests. Absolutely. Some things, you know, the physical symptoms can show up months and months or even years after exposure. Yeah. And, yeah, it is a super important thing to stay on top of. And, yeah, definitely something everyone needs to learn more about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, like, the information is so accessible now, there's no reason why people shouldn't be going to seek this information themselves. People are just lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Yeah. What we've got coming up? Um, yeah, so I really wanted to play a track on this show, like, since it is the season finale of who I'm pretty sure was the first trans-feminine artist that I ever really got into. Um, so I'm going to play a song by Wendy Carlos, who is a composer and a pretty much a synthesizer pioneer who, yeah, she worked with Robert Moog on, like, the development of a lot of his early synthesizers, which were the ones that kind of popularised the idea of a synth and... You know, brought that to market and um, yeah so she went on to have a couple of really high selling albums which were Switched on Bark which was <laughs> Bark compositions arranged for synthesizers oh yeah cool and it sounds absolutely horrendous in a modern context but when this was this absolutely new instrument yeah like that was yeah, people wanted to hear that. And, yeah, uh, she worked with Stanley Kubrick on the Clockwork Orange and the Shining soundtracks. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and in 1979, I think it was, she revealed and played, like, did an interview with Playboy where she came out as trans and said she started HT in her, yeah, in the 60s, had... Yeah, gone through that process when it was very much a societal unknown and, you know, continued her career. She collaborated with Weird Al. <laughs> uh, and she composed the soundtrack for the original Tron, which, you know, the newest one that came out a couple of years ago, the Daft Punk soundtrack that was big for a while. Um, yeah, like, she composed the, the soundtrack to the original and it seems funny now because it's like... Can you imagine the the hot takes that get published if Disney announced they were working with a trans composer on their new movie yeah. now? And this was 1983. Uh, but yeah, this is the anthem from the Tron soundtrack and yeah, by Wendy Carlos. And you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Hey, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. My name is Evie and... Yeah, we just heard uh, Year Wound by Rook and Nomi. They're a group that I've discovered on Twitter and I really dig their music and, yeah, wanted to bring it in. Well, yeah, from hearing that, I really dig them too. Like, that was really cool. <laughs> I was so impressed. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking them out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and to, oh, I guess just in case anyone is, might be confused, I don't know, but um, Anthem by Wendy Carlos and uh, Year One by Rick and Norm. Yeah, there were two different songs. Yes, If it sounded right. like it was the... Yes. Um, yeah, I, before... I think, I'd like to think it was obvious, but in case anyone thought yeah, that... Before that, <laughs> yeah, we heard Anthem from the Tron soundtrack, the original mm. Tron soundtrack by Wendy Carlos, yeah. Yeah. And now we're doing Froth or Not. Yeah, we're doing a Froth or Not. It's our final Froth or Not for the season, which means nothing because we're back next season, which is <laughs> a, a week's time. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start us off with the Froth or Not finale. Uh, something I've absolutely frothed the last week is... Actually, it's both a Froth and a Not Froth. Mm. Um, frothing Moving House... Also, frothing not moving house because moving sucks, but getting into the new place and setting everything up is incredible. So I just moved from like Brunswick to Richmond, and um, like I'm living with these like three incredible people um now, and um, yeah, just like I don't know, setting up your room, getting everything organized, getting everything out of boxes is amazing. What I didn't froth was moving yesterday in the rain and my <laughs> the, like the the underside of my mattress getting absolutely soaked I had to sleep oh. last night with a tarp over my mattress <laughs> and like a sheet over it and it was oh, like no. disgusting but yeah that's, that's why I've not been frothing but I've also frothing it at the same time I'm really excited about living in Richmond yeah excellent yeah. I moved you? a couple months ago and it was 37 38 degrees wow and that was that was horrendous for completely different reasons. It was super windy and insufferably warm. <laughs> and yeah. my car doesn't have air conditioning, so I couldn't even take refuge in there. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Christian, uh, what are you frothing or not frothing this week? Um, well, I have news. I can't remember who I have and haven't told. But um, everyone listening, I'll, I'll just assume that none of you know. So um, I... I'm going to go away. I'm I'll going to be going away to France for seven months to work there as an English language teaching assistant. Nice, you got October. the job. Oh, Thanks. That's, yes. Congratulations. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Again, I can't, I can't remember who I've told. Like uh, I'd applied or not, and then um, see people can actually con- con- congratulate me now. Like before, when I just told people I'd, I'd applied, they were like, "Oh, congratulations!" Like I don't, don't know if I've been accepted yet. I don't congratulate them now. I don't know if I got it. I know. I just sent them. I sent them some forms. I know exactly. <laughs> um, but now you, you, you're not just congratulating me for trying. You're congratulating yeah. me for succeeding. Um, so yeah, that's that's exciting. I um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but but also. Like, it's it's still a few months away, and um, that's nice to know. Like not just for you know, bureaucracy admin reasons, but also like ah, I, you know, obviously like it's going to take a. It's good to know that I have a buffer to like yeah. set everything in order, say goodbye to the people yeah. I need to say goodbye to, and I guess just ignore the people I don't need to say goodbye yeah, to. Like, <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> it's good to have preparation time. Yeah, even if it's just for something as little as hmm, hmm I should probably like. Go get some good luggage. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, what, what's the weather going to be like when I get there? I'm going to make sure I've got some nice clothes lined up. Like, yeah. Well, uh, we'll actually be in Paris. That's the thing. So, like, if I... <laughs> la la. Had to be a, exactly. <laughs> so, if I don't have some nice clothes, I'm going to, you know, yeah, stick out, out like, like a sore thumb. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. What about you, Evie? What are you frothing? Hmm. Um... This week I've been really frothing playing Pokemon. Oh, that's always a froth. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I say I haven't done a lot this week. I've, I've, I've done a lot this week, but 
haven't been feeling 100%. And at the start of the week, I was just like, my birthday a couple of weeks ago, got some money for once. I really want to get an old DS and a Pokemon game and just start playing through that. Yeah, nice. And, yeah, feel like I'm 12 years old again. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm about to get a Nintendo Switch. Um, thank you, Afterpay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm really keen to play the new Zelda, so yeah. I definitely feel you on that one. <laughs> like, just, yeah, there's the things that you got, like, a lot of nostalgia for from your childhood, and, yeah, just going back to that can really take you off guard. Absolutely. I'm just, like, going through things, I'm like, I didn't realise how strongly, like, because this is a remake of a game I had as a kid, so I'm like, I didn't realise how strongly I was going to remember where everything was and what everything's name is yeah. and wow. which of the bizarre-looking fantasy creatures I liked and didn't <laughs> like. Also, the crushes that you had on the characters. I had a massive crush on Link. Still, yeah. Still do, I, like, whatever. Well, <laughs> I used to always play Pokemon games as the female character, so... <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> like, retrospectively. Hmm. Was this a sign? <laughs> a very subtle sign. Yeah. <laughs> ah, sweet. Um, Should we go into a song? Yeah. No, we're no? not going to. Yes, we will. Okay, <laughs> sweet. So coming up, we have If by Janet Jackson. It's the Kate Trinata remix. Shout out to Dan for chucking this on the list. I know you did because he absolutely frost Kate Trinata. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. My name is Eve. Uh, you just heard the Kate Trinata remix of If by Janet Jackson. And that's yeah. all from us for yeah. this yeah. season. It's the end. Um, yes, officially, this is the, the last day of um, summer for us. Yeah. At, uh, yeah, at Loud and Queer. We'll be back next week. I won't mm. be. I'm not doing Loud and Queer next season, unfortunately. I'm going to give. Um, something else is shot. I think I'm all gayed out. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm just, um, I think I'm going to give something else a shot. But I've, I absolutely have loved my time on Loud and Queer. And I've loved the people that I've met as well. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we're, well, Eve and I are two of the people that you've met. So it's, we yeah. love you too. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, yeah, got to say thank you to Daniel and Lisa, the mm. two hosts who aren't here today, but and we've all got to have fun hosting with. And a very, yeah. very special to Jay. Yes, Jay, Jay is, is our producer, and Jay puts an absurd amount of work into this show. Yeah, so much work. Uh, yeah, Jay, thank you. I love you. We all love you, Jay. <laughs> I also love you as my partner, but I love you as my producer. <laughs> I love you in a professional capacity, Jay. <laughs> and as also well. in a personal one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as a fitting way to um, congratulate Christian on going to France, we're going to play a song by Yell, uh, Je veux te voir. Mm, which means... The other... Oh, yeah, okay. It's up to me. It means I want to see you. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uh, um, bye everyone see you next week bye uh, and see thank us. you Rob you, we, you'll not hear Rob next week so yeah. see ya thank you bye yeah. you can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on Sin Nation at sin.org.au you can find more of our episodes on Omni, SoundCloud and iTunes 
Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud. 